page Rishnan Dalad. Rishnan Dalad, meaning the Chidusha Harim. Chidusha Harim was the first Ger Rebbe, and his name was Rav Yitzchak Meir of Ger, and that's the acronym RIM. The RIM was the grandfather of the Sfasemek. The RIM tragically lost in his life 13 children. And um, some of his children who passed away were already older and they had children, and so he had grandchildren. But he did lose 13 children in his lifetime. And one of his grandsons was the Sophia Samus, who became the next Rebbe after the Rim. So that's the relationship there. The first Rebbe was the Rim, and the second was his grandson, the Sophia Samus. Uh, following the Sophia Samus was the Imre Emes. And he survived the Holocaust, miraculously escaped, went to Eretz Yisrael and a few of his sons escaped with him, and they became the next Ger Rebbe's. Right after the Imre Emes was the Beis Yisroel, the Yisroel of Ger. He passed away in Tav Shin Lam Zion, 1977. Then his brother, Malay of Simcha, then his brother, Pnei Menachem, and then the Rabbi Yaakov of Ger, who is currently the Ger Rebbe, a son of the Malay of Simcha. So it really goes straight down, you know, from Tidush Harim all the way down to this day, it's Ben Achar Ben Achar Ben. It's all father and son thing going down. And it's one of the larger Hasidus. I would imagine there are over 20,000 Kira Hasidim, and their headquarters nowadays is in Yerushalayim, Yerakodesh. Uh, one of the things that was very characteristic of Ger is that they were Gedolei Torah and Gedolei Avodah. The Hidusha Harim in his generation was known as one of the greatest um, Gedolim in Torah, you know, in his learning, in his Hidushim, uh, this tremendous Gadol the Torah, and the tremendous Balavodim as well as working on himself and Hadrach and Hasidus and the Rebbe in, in all respects. They really combined greatness in Torah and greatness in Avoda. And that was characteristic of this Fasendus also, his grandson. Um, the Rim has has works on the Gomorrah. He has Kedusha Manchas, as does his grandson, the Svaisemis, has Kedusha Manchas also. So not only were they great in Hasidus, but they were great as well in their Torah learning and very uh, widely respected. Let's take a look. Pardon yeah. me? Those in the United States, they're clustered. Mainly New York. Yeah, the largest community is in New York. Yeah, And I should also say that the two rebbe's of the Chidush Harim, uh, first rebbe was the Kotzker. I'm sorry, was Rav Simcha Bunim of Peshitcha. That was his first rebbe, and his second rebbe after him was the Rav Menachem Mendel of Kotzker rebbe. So that was his school, which came out of the from the teaching of Abodah So again, first from Simchabonim, Abshizcha, and then the Kutzker were his rabbis. All right? Let's take a look. And he lived in the uh, mid-1800s to uh, a, little, a little bit past 
don't remember exactly when he passed away, but it was mid to late 1800s. Now the first one we're going to see is an astounding maitha. On page Reish Nun He, the bottom right uh, paragraph, where it says, Barosh Hashanah Yesh Pachad. You got that? Is that there again? Barosh Hashanah Yesh Pachad. There is a certain awe on Rosh Hashanah. The Yira, literally fear, trepidation. The Yesh Pachad Ladaver Asibabadir and there is even trepidation in speaking words of Torah on this great day. We're trying to be very careful, and even something as kedushadik as Debre Torah, we want to be careful with that as well. Because who knows, there could be all kinds of things attached to our words of Torah, maybe too much ego. So we want to be careful with everything. That brings on the following story. Harebi Rabbunim Zetzal, the Chidushi Harim's Rabbi Rabsim Chabunim, Sipir, he told over, Shara'a Pamachas, that he once saw as Harav HaKadosh Ravnata Michal, Zechir Tzadik Vibrach. Rabsim Chabunim saw Ravnata of Chal on Rosh Hashanah. Shalohi Palo Belel Aleph to Rosh Hashanah, below Beyom Aleph to Rosh Hashanah. And he's watching, and he did not daven. He didn't daven Rosh Hashanah night. He didn't daven Rosh Hashanah day. Right, this is not somebody who didn't know how to daven. He followed that man like one time. <laughs> In the altar Haim. Yeah, I didn't realize that. So he's, is watching Rav Nantah He's a great tzaddik, and he's not davening. The shol es ha-yehudi ha-kadosh. So Rav asked his rabbi, who was the Yid HaKadosh, the holy Jew, also of Shishma, about this. So just to get the people straight here, Rav Simcha Bonin sees Rav Nata of Chelm not davening on Rosh Hashanah. So Rav Simcha Bonin turns to his rabbi, the Yid HaKadosh, and says, what's going on? Why is he not davening? The Anehu, and the Yid answered him, Shazehu Bigalal Hayira Bahapachad Shalom. It's on account of Rivnata's overwhelming awe of God that he can't even open up his mouth to Dabi. His Yirashamain is so great that he can't even open up his mouth to say the words of Yir. He brings down Isa. The Firasha Mishnais the Rambam is all it's brought down in the Rambam. Shalohayukorin Halobarashana, that we do not read Halal on Rosh Hashanah, and that actually is the Halacha, it's Paskin and Shulchan We do not say Halal on Rosh Hashanah, even though it's Yom Tov. L'fi shehem yimei avoda v'hachna'a u'pachad u'mora me'ashem. Because these are days of intense avoda and humility and awe of God. And it's brought down yimei hadim, the book of life and the book of death is open. It's not a time to say Halal. And again, he's emphasizing his point that yes, there is Semachan Rosh Hashanah and it's brought down the Shulchan Aruch, there is joy but we don't want to take it too far on these Yimei Hadin in other words, that the the Pachat component of Rosh Hashanah in certain ways seems to override the Simcha component 
And in Yiddishkeit, we always have this balance between Pachad and Simcha or Yura and Ava, and which is more dominant and which is less dominant. They're always both there. It's a question of which one is more emphasized and accentuated. So according to this, on Rosh Hashanah, Neker is Pachad, and Simcha is, you know, in the background. It's there. There's joy on that day. But the Icarus Pachat. So much so that if Nutov um, couldn't even open his mouth to die. Pachat is all. Ah. Translated sometimes as fear too, dread, but ah, I think is the best word to convey the meaning. And so, you, were you making a comment there? Yeah. I see you processing your comment. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. I'm just taking it. Yeah. Okay. But why would someone would fear? I would think fear would make you want to die. Right, so we got to a very, very important question. There are different levels of, of fear, of Yura. And Yura's Hashem is the spectrum. One level of fear is that I'm afraid if I do something wrong, I will get punished. That's called Yura's Aonish. It's a lower level of fear, but we have to have it because the implication is that I have to take responsibility for my behavior. If I do something wrong, I have to bear the consequences. That's the Yura's Aonish. Now, that kind of era would bring a person to say, I got to daven. I need to daven. You know, things I, I need to improve on in my life. I've done things wrong. I, I got to daven on Rosh Hashanah. That's my ticket. That's what we're doing all day in shul. But there's another level of era which transcends this and is on a much higher plane. And that's the era saromamus. And that's being in awe of God. And that emotion kind of stills a person. It's like if for a moment, you know, we were, if we take Hurricane Isabella as a little mush off, right? If we were there near the center of what was happening, in addition to trying to get out of there to save our lives, but there would be a moment of just, we would be unbelievably awed by the experience, speechless, when something that powerful is present and we're aware of it. We become speechless. That's what he's talking about. Lahavdil, Hakadosh Baruch Hu's might, which is a lot stronger than Hurricane Isabel's, shall we say, is so powerful that when we are aware of that for a moment, we become speechless, and that's your essence, aroma. Dumb, dumbfounded, dumb yeah, as in struck. can't speak, can't speak, right? Just struck by the earth. You know, sometimes it happens. Maybe it's happened to you before in davening. That in davening and. All of a sudden, you have a real realization that you're standing before Hashem. Like it really hits you. And all of a sudden, the words that you're saying, you just... stop. A little bit, that's the experience he's talking about. Have you ever had a comment? Um, I have a question. Please. The, um, the Chachamans that are being spoken about here... Yes. Um, they had a, um, I, I don't want to use the word easier time, but I can't come up with something. They had an easier time of being able to reach this place of Pachat than we do today, right? I think so. I, don't, I, don't, I know what you mean with the trouble with the word easy. It's true. It's not really the right word because they worked really hard to get to the level they lived on. They worked really hard. Right. But it was it was more, perhaps, a little more accessible, more in the atmosphere, right. more in the environment, more accessible. Yeah. 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 It, seem, it seems to be that way. Because yeah. we're nowhere near this. No, we're not. Right. 
I mean, there is an expression in Yiddish that people used to say that when hell will come, the fish sitter, the fish, the fish tremble. Hell will come now that you kind of don't even know it except that you hear the chauffeur, you know, like, okay. Oh, your, your question, Andy. That's how do we get it? No, not how do we get it. Or is they just... Have, do they, they have, seem to have had greater access to it. Uh, because of who they were and how they conducted their lives and what was in their way and what was not in their way. Yeah, I do agree with that. I think that it kind of saturated the environment. You know, and when you live in that kind of environment where it's mamish part of the air then it's quote-unquote easier. But once again, I want to emphasize they were big Bali Avoda and they worked extremely hard on themselves to get to that level, even with the the atmosphere the way it was. Yeah. Oh, can. We got, we got some hard work to do. Yeah, Josh? Rosh Hashanah is a time of, I mean, this season when the, the prophet is so great and the, the, the simcha is there, but it's so lowered that someone like the prophet couldn't even speak. But by the end of the season, it flips around. Right. Right, very good. That when Sukkot comes and Shemineh says the simcha Torah, then the, the simcha becomes dominant. Right. And the year is present, but now it's more, he says, in it. Yeah. Very good. Absolutely. I guess the year is for those who are uh, dancing so hard, they've got to remember something wrong. <laughs> well, certainly, Hoshana Rava is really sort of that. It's a lot of simple people. Right. I mean, I know that I said it before in Simple but when I used to watch Rabbi Tversky's Eternally Rafa dance on Simcha's Torah, that there was great Simcha and there was great Europe. And there, there really were both, and you can, you can perceive both of those things at the same time. Okay, Asher Kalaf, it's a nice mimer. Now go back to the previous page, Ration and Dalit, where it says the very bottom left in the parenthesis, Shalul the Rabbeinah. They asked the Chidushe Harim, Matam Bochim Habrias. Why do people cry in the Rosh Hashanah Davin? You know this word? What? You know the word? Kisha Omri, when they say, Adam Yesodo Me'afor Vesofolo'afor. It's part of the Davin Rosh Hashanah. A person is founded in dust, in earth, and he returns to dust, to earth. And people cry. So they asked the Chidushe Harim, what are people crying about? Were we made from gold? That therefore we have to cry? That we, we go back to earth? We're going back to what we are anyway. We were earth and we're back to What's to cry about? So the Fiducia Rim answered, Indeed, Adam Nolad may offer a person is born from the earth. Avol. We were given the ability, the power, to lift up the earth to the highest levels, meaning we can make gold from earth. We were born from the earth, but we can make gold from that earth. And oftentimes we do not reach that lofty goal of transforming the dirt to gold. 
that goal which was they made dependent on human aspiration. And so what happens? He goes back to earth. He was born earth and he remains earth. He never became gold. So there's a reason for people to cry. So really he flipped it around, right? Like it's not crying because we were gold and became earth. No, it's because we're earth and we didn't become gold. That's what we're crying about. Right. Yes, yeah, but the, 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 like, I think Rashi says there, it's like the dust. The dust, the dust reaches up. One to the Kisei Very good. Right. Yes, I, if, if. So now I have a different question about both of you. Okay. <laughs> I thought I learned that, um, that if you try to achieve something that is beyond your grasp, as if you achieved it. So... If I tried to become gold, but I didn't make it, the fact that I attempted it was like I did it, right? Avram, I want to write that in right here in the safer, right? <laughs> that is a nice Hasidish word that you're saying right there. And it belongs right there at the end with a little asterisk. <laughs> it really does. Because that's true. And perhaps what we could say is maybe people aren't even trying. Right? That that's something to cry about, you know. If we try and we're putting forth our efforts to take this earth that we're made from and to make gold out of it, and we try it, as you said, Hashem will answer us. We, we will become. Because we know that's the Yisod in Yiddishkeit that things that are beyond our reach, if we try for them as best we can, Hashem will do, will do the rest. So perhaps the idea is that people are not putting forth the proper, proper efforts. Perhaps the idea is that we're crying because it's beyond us. Because it's such a struggle, and, and because we seem to fail so much. And in, in, in light of that, what Hill is saying, we, we've seen this in this Farsemis a few times, that if that's the reason for the tears, then that's part of what Abram is saying, that if I'm crying because I, I, I desperately want to get there, that's going to help me get there, as opposed to tears I'm giving up. That's a different kind of tears. I'm crying because I can't. No, I'm crying because I really long to get there. And there's a subtle difference between those kind of tears, but it really makes a big difference in terms of where a person is going. Bobby? Now I see your comment processing. (laughs) (laughs) I watch the faces. (laughs) I I think where I'm going, though, the tears could also simply be, because we really don't know what our absolute whole mission on this earth is, then really at no time do we know we've achieved the effort to get the goal. In fact, the more we achieve, the less we feel we've done and we keep trying to push it further. So it seemed like these tears are always going to be there. We're not going to know until the end. Did you That's just not sure, right? So it's uh, not sure. Been, I don't see a time the tears would never be there at that point. I think it's a very honest uh, insight and very true. We, we really don't know. It always feels like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Christian, question for I have a question about the phrase Matsuya, Yeah. Does that mean, like, I don't know, I feel like that implies like, a certain cynicism, letting go of, like, the, the, you know, the hope that's been given to, to him to rise up. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you think that there's a connection between that and the Choser Lafar. And Lafar is normally connected with, like, sadness and depression. Mm-hmm. And so, like, is there a connection between, like, the wording of Yes, I, I think so. You know, the, the person's hopes are dashed. And I'm just pointing out the Lusher, which is a little unusual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
it's a lotion of like you are contradicting or going against, uh, almost denying the hope, falsifying. Uh, no, no, this, it's like kol ha'odam kozev in halo. Like we're, we're, we're not living up to that potential, but it's, it's stronger than that. It's almost like I'm just saying we're, we're almost denying that we have that potential. Uh, we, we're not in touch with our real potential. So if that's the case, then we're going to sink down into into the dirt, into sadness. Well, then that fits, Good point. That fits with what you said about the two kinds of tears. Mm-hmm. These are the wrong kind. Right. Because you're saying, I can't do it. Right. I'm too weak. Versus what Abram brought up, which is, we're trying our best. Right. Uh, and that really is an inspiring kind of So that tears. was just the answer talking about is tears of despair and giving up. Very good. Jeff? Somebody who's trying for something and can't achieve it. Well, I didn't really want it anyway. And it's like he's denying that he wanted it, and really he did want it. But the other kinds of fears that you can't reach, it's like, uh, you know, like a, 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 a small child who can't reach that top shelf where the cookies are or something like that. And he's crying, I want to get there, you know. And then uh, somebody comes home and says, Oh, you need to get up there and picks him up. That's, you know, it's not like God, you know, gives him that extra push. But I would think that that's something that along the lines of some of the agents that on the last one, that uh, there are a lot of mice that we see or hear about one of the previous generation, even the generation before, and the person might ask, why don't we see that done now? And, and people say, well, they were of a different generation, that was a different kind of people, we can't achieve it that well, and which I don't see necessarily. I mean, some of the basics, you know, and, uh, I was saying to somebody the other day, you know, uh, uh, see that uh, somebody physically hurt, uh, you know, the mice in front of and he said, can't find it on a car door, and he didn't. Didn't he react. Out. He didn't want to embarrass the person. Yeah, right. he didn't want to react. And he didn't want to embarrass the person, but it's also, you know, he had control. Nowadays, somebody stumped his toe and, you're ready, ready to sue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying, what, what's the difference? All that was revolution. And, and, and so we can't at least control ourselves that much. Yeah, and, and we should certainly try. I mean, again, he got there because he worked on it. It's like the Rambam we've been learning in the mornings that you know, we cannot say you know, that we are the victim of circumstances and I'm, I'm behaving the way I'm acting because of the you know, environment and all these forces that are pulling on me. And I say that, I mean, those forces are there, and they're influential, but the bottom line is that we have the choice to direct ourselves where we want to direct ourselves, tov or ra, in every door. And not every goes away. That ability is always there. I'm putting that a kind of Yeah, I heard a slightly different take on Alpha to and I think it has something to do with why on the yard side of the flames. So the idea that you start out afar and you end up afar. So on one hand, like, what's the of it, you know? But on the other hand, um, if you have l'chayims in between, you gain something. So the idea of the double take of l'chayims, I've had a couple of drinks, then it, like, it sort of makes it worthwhile, but also that I've lived I've had reasons to celebrate, and some people, it only takes a momentous thing to do a l'chaim, oh, I'm grateful for this, 
There are those of us who do, who do l'chaim for any reason, mm-hmm. even for that, the smallest thing. We're like, ah, this is this is a gift because it's really offer to offer. So anything, any l'chaim is is a gain. Very nice. Very, very nice. I, I wonder if the kind of uh, and that's really um, that's when we really behave uh, in in a way that that, that uh, um, acts out of our sort of earthiness, acts out of our being sort of bound by the laws of life, the laws of the jungle, the laws of survival, as opposed to the potential for spirituality and the potential for emulating the change. If you take a look in in Parshas Bereshis, when Cain and Hava bring their carbon and then Cain ends up killing Hava. And it says, and they went out to the field. said, that didn't say what he said. Right. And then he killed him. So in the Tirgum there, I forget if it's Uncle or Jonas and Benazil. Take a look there. And he describes a conversation between Cain and Abel at that point. And it was about this point. Cain said, my, my korban was not accepted. There is no God. I didn't get to where I think I was supposed to get to. There's no God, there's no judgment, there's no... It became extremely cynical at that point. That's a very fundamental reaction in a person, that kind of cynicism, when we don't get what we think we're supposed to get. Let's take a look at one more. Interestingly enough, the the Arizal says that all the Mishalas that uh, that, uh, that we are all come from Kain. We all have sort of mixtures of those dimensions within us. We all have that potential to become... Uh, cynical and, and in fact um, in a certain sense the kain comes from a higher shorish comes from a higher root has a higher potential in some sense okay now take a look at the mimer before that one it's very short you know and as as concise as this five sentences you know sometimes the fiducharim is even more concise, concise than the five sentences <laughs> it starts out hatov v'hametiv now that's part of the tefillah that we say so part of that says Hatov Hashem is good and he gives good to those who are bad and to those who are good so the simple shot of that is that Hashem does not hold back good even from bad people he gives good to the good people he gives good to the bad people However, Rabbi Rabbanim is itself. Again, he quotes his Rabbi Rabbanim of Shesha, Omar. He says what it means is, La'elu, to those people, Shalifamim heim tovim, Lifamim heim right. We're talking about the same person. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. But Hashem does not withhold good from those people who are sometimes good and sometimes bad. Not the good ones here and the bad ones there, but meaning most human beings who contain Tov and Ra and we have a lot of good and we have other things about it not so good and we're working as hard as we can to improve Hashem will not hold back the Tov from us even though we have a mixture of Tov and Ra in our behavior I think it's a very it's a statement of, of a great deal of hope you know, because a person with I think some honest introspection will come to realize that this is us Lifamim Tov Lifamim Ra most people 
And sometimes when we start to do things or we get tripped up that are not so good, are not in line with our, our higher selves, so we think that Hashem is going to withhold from me you know, because I'm not behaving so well right now. And he's saying, I don't, don't give up hope. That even if your behavior is not so good, don't think that you're going to um, sever your relationship from God's goodness. Hashem will not take away His goodness from you. Now, the form that that goodness takes, we don't necessarily know, right? It could be harsh, it could be soft, we don't know what the form will take. But Hashem's goodness is always with, is always with us, even though we may fluctuate. David? Why do we get this? So okay. okay. I'll tell you what I think. Always. So it's not just a Rosh Hashanah. We're always getting an infusion. It's like we're hooked up to an IV. Right. We're always getting good. Right. The spiritual IV is Hashem's toe that's coming down. <laughs> and that's kind of what I meant, that we don't necessarily know, um, we can't predict what that toe is going to look like. But it's always coming down. It's like that story... Um, with the Reverend of Zusha, that um, they asked him, you know, he, he lived such a difficult life in such poverty and, and uh, Mamish lived with nothing, no food, and uh, isn't, uh, why doesn't Hashem, you know, give him what he needs? So he said, apparently this is what I need. <laughs> Hashem is giving me what I need. So I told my native that tov is always coming down. We just have to be able to well, if, if see it's the believe it. Down, then, then there's a, for me, there's a theological question. Okay. And that is, if we're always getting good from God, or God is an all-powerful entity, why doesn't that raise the rock? Because sometimes the form of the tov has to be in the form of something harsh or suffering. Whereas our belief is that the suffering is also, also good. We don't want it. We hope it will come down in a different way. But if that's what we need now, and that's what we're experiencing, then the purpose of that is also for our own so benefit. That's what God wants us to have. Right. Well, so to speak, because we know that Hashem would prefer, if we can use that word, that He can give us His brachas without having to administer suffering and take care of it the same way. But if necessary, then God will give us good even in means that we perceive as, as being harsh. And then we have to find the good within Exactly. Exactly. And that's that statement, you know, which is simple, but it's also very profound, Gamzu Latova. That's really what we're saying, is that it's disguised in this difficulty, this suffering is tough. Yes, sir? I've been... Uh, I have a comment that sort of leads to at least a question uh, that uh, relates to this. The, the, I've been learning this paper that um, uh, Parish of Tomer Devara, uh, written by Manly Matt this summer, Moshe uh, Scheinberg. Uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, why is it Moshe? Because it's safer is the Yom Rosh. Oh, maybe it's for his father. So, so uh, anyway, he, he makes a point in the Torah Devorah where, where, uh, where he says that we say, Lecha Hashem Haslicha. That to you, Hashem, is a slicha. That,
that's the that's the shot of Lacha Hashem Aslicha. That Hashem itself, in a sense, Aslicha gives us a direct uh, relationship directly with Hashem. With uh, not through a shaliyah of him. Uh, so it occurred to me as I was as Abram was speaking that we also begin Aslicha by saying Lacha Hashem Hatzdaka. Uh, Hashem is, is righteous, and uh, so in a certain sense, Zaka, we say that when like things are not going our way, you know, God is, a ju- but is just, and, uh, and so on. But Lachara, if, if if you could learn out Lachah Hashem Haslita, that Hashem has to has to uh, from his himself give grant forgiveness, that then then maybe you could also learn the same thing out of Zaka that Hashem, when Hashem gives us challenges and he gives us uh, suffering that it that that perhaps is a way that uh, we could say that it comes directly from Hashem. It's Hashem's in a sense way of working with us. Right? Okay. Thought, but, but I don't know if you can say that. But that's but he, nice he does say it on the Lakha Hashem. Yeah, so. So. Hey, Shakar. Hey, Shakar, gentlemen. Uh, Thank you. 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 Thank